so much fun talking to her guys like before we get into today's episode I really wanted to do a little corrections corner so I just found out I know we had Dara last week and we mentioned Army Hammer and he is not working for a timeshare timeshare job in the Cayman Islands but the journalist who I want to pay tribute to, Muna, M-U-N-A, kind of like the band that I mispronounced a couple weeks back. Check out the band too. But the journalist Muna was the one who fact-checked everything about what Army Hammer was doing in the Cayman Islands. The rumors are true, guys. Army Hammer is doing timeshares in the Cayman Islands. I am totally on Dara's take and side when she said that this man does not need money he is probably doing this to humble himself down and you know it's like when the poor little rich boy is forced to work at a farm I guess and see he becomes like a better person (laughs) I don't know but yes I just wanted to clear that up Now, before we get into today's episode, I need you guys to go on Spotify or wherever you stream your podcasts and follow Feathers in My Hair, Liz Bentley. She also has a Patreon podcast called Liz Explains All, which I love, guys. It's amazing. Tune in this Friday. She is premiering an episode about Teal Swan. And yeah, Google Teal Swan and you'll be joining in that rabbit hole with me pretty soon. But until then, please enjoy my episode with Liz. What breaks my heart? Suppose I never ever met you. Suppose we never fell in love. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me this week on Best Week Ever. This week, I have the lovely Liz Bentley from Feathers in My Hair podcast. How are you doing today? (laughs) You know, I'm good. I feel like a lot of culture happened this week and a a lot's been going down. I'm ready to talk about it. I know I was going down my list and I was like, Ugh, I don't really have a lot of best weeks. So let's see <laughs> how this tough, is going to turn out. It's been, it's been a tough week, but I, as um, a hater, you know, like that's at my core, um, <laughs> I get joy through hating things. This is the type of week I like, you know, I don't really want to come on and only talk about good things. <laughs> I'm hoping that you and I are going to have some similar, um, runner-ups or honorable mentions, but let's start off with our worst week honorable mentions. I have two this week. I don't know how many you have, but who's your first one? I mean, I before yesterday, she was my number one and it's Beanie Feldstein, poor girl, is having a bad fucking week. (laughs) So explain to the listeners what happened to Beanie, because I had actually went through a whole timeline and TikTok of why we should feel bad for Beanie and Jane Lynch. Yeah. So, okay. Here, first of all, I'm not a Broadway baby, right? Like <laughs> I really am not into musicals, but I do like Beanie a lot and have been following her for a while. Like before she got neighbors, she was like on a podcast that I listened to like truly five or six years ago. And so I've been like 
loosely following her, right? I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's like Jonah Hill's little sister. She's best friends with Ben Platt. Like, let's see what happens. And she got like, hello, Dolly. And I was like, oh, cool. She's like about to have a real career. And then she like pops off and she got Funny Girl, the revival, which um, as most people know, it's like really got popular from Barbara Streisand. So it's like a really singing heavy show. Apparently the show itself or the book as they call it, is not actually that good and like it really relies on someone being a very good singer Mm -hmm. and this was kind of like a controversial but positive controversial in some ways to put Beanie in the show because she is I mean she's plus size she's queer right like she's marrying a woman like she I think people are really excited about that but there's always kind of this talk of like one nepotism because her brother Jonah Hill her dad was like a music manager her other brother who passed was like Maroon 5's manager her best friend is Ben Platt like truly kind of as nepotism as you can get um (laughs) her parents are like super super rich there was always like talk that her parents were producing the play they're not but that would always swirl um so it was like people were excited some people were really excited and some people are like she can't really sing So the reviews happen. And even though I don't really like Broadway, I'm like on Broadway TikTok for some reason. And uh, when reviews started happening, she was already getting mixed reviews. Then it premiered and she got bad reviews. Um, She just doesn't have the voice for it is my understanding. Apparently she's really funny. And I keep hearing from people who've actually seen the show that they really liked her and thought she was good. I think Beanie's big issue is that like Broadway people didn't like her performance not necessarily like the average person and um to add on like the hater of it all I feel like there's a lot of Barbara Streisand like fans fans who were just like very critical on Beanie appearance um period like they didn't even hear her voice yet they were just like oh she looks like that that is not the funny girl look <laughs> whatever yeah, I that mean, means to be a plus size which even like calling her plus sizes she's what in the tiktok dress world we would call mid-size right like it's kind mm-hmm. of even crazy that we're like acting like she's 600 pounds like and it's like revolutionary for her to go outside is the way people talk about it like but like to have a plus size leading lady is pretty remarkable and i think the issue from what i can tell is because funny girl's not that good i think the Fanny Bryce has to be so incredibly good, which is Barbara Streisand, right? Like, (laughs) like, and if you're not Barbara Streisand, it's an issue. And so also when she was announced as cast, there was this huge joke that like Leah Michelle is somewhere crying. Leah has always wanted to play Fanny Bryce. She always did the funny girl stuff on Glee. And so there was always talk of like how it should have been Leah's, right? Like always. Yeah. And so once the reviews come out, it's just like not doing well. Beanie then got COVID at one point. So she missed a bunch of shows for that. And then she started missing a lot of shows, like (laughs) multiple shows a week. And the understudy, everybody was like, she's incredible. She's amazing. The understudy is everything. Like go see when the understudy's on like so it was just really really bad press and then finally they announce um that she was leaving after six months which everybody was kind of like that doesn't make a ton of sense Jane Lynch was also announced to be leaving after six months but Mm -hmm. most people were like that's what her contract was that's kind of like what big stars do but for Beanie like they had really like done all the show art around her face like it really seemed like she was supposed to be there for longer. And so it was kind of like, wow, is Leah Michelle going to replace her? And then this week, Beanie kind of suddenly posts, I'm leaving at the end of July. I'm done. The show's going in a different direction. And less than an hour later, the funny girl Twitter account is like, stay tuned for a fun announcement at 1 p.m. tomorrow. <laughs> I know they didn't even give her like a week or like a day to just like resonate. Fucked up. It's so fucked up. Because they fired her. Like clearly they fired her. And uh, I read that or I skimmed that like Daily Beast, I think it was. They did a big expose on this. And I guess they were giving Beanie the runaround. But Beanie basically announced she's quitting two weeks from now. And then they announced Leah Michelle will be the new funny girl, the new Fanny Bryce. So it's just like, I think it's, 
there's so much I think part of it is that people hate beanie because of like nepotism and they just and maybe rightfully like I'm like I said I'm not a Broadway girl so I don't really have an opinion on this but like I do understand the frustration of somebody who is not as good as like the typical caliber Broadway singer getting to like star in a production right like I do understand that but at the same time, like famous actors sell tickets, like that's showbiz baby. Um, and I just think that like, I, I think that a lot of hate went towards her cause she's fat. I do. Like, I think that that happens always. And I just think that it, like, it just must suck so bad for Beanie on a, a certain level of like Leah Michelle is so conventionally beautiful and thin and what like a Broadway star looks like right yeah and I feel like that must be on top of getting fired but she was fired um apparently her and Leah share an agent and like she didn't know what the agent was doing behind her back like it's this whole thing producers were like not being honest with her so like I think on top of everything like it probably sucks when you're an actress and like you spend your whole life being told like you're too fat for this right like you're not getting this role you're too fat to then be replaced with like I mean say we will about Leah Michelle she's fucking beautiful she's thin she's so conventionally attractive right mm-hmm. that I I just I really feel for Beanie I like her I like her personality I think it's fun that she is getting like lead character stuff and I would love to see her like do some more indie movies like book smart and maybe take the lead in that but this is just a tough week for her yeah I was going to say I wish she led more with the book smart way I mean like maybe she didn't mm-hmm. want to follow her brother's footstep you know when he started super bad he um yeah had that like you know um, they stereotyped him pretty much to yeah. the funny fat dude. Um, and I guess Beanie just didn't want to be stereotyped that way. Um, but yeah, the whole, I don't know who, like, the way Leah Michelle fail. got herself back in after this <laughs> okay. whole entire year of being trashed, finding out how she treats people uh, and like how people don't like to work with her. I'm just <sighs> like, how is this woman still finding work and B, I, how is she like staying in the industry still? I have so many thoughts on this. I truly think that when Beanie started having the bad reviews and producers got on Twitter and TikTok and saw people saying it should be Leah, like I I think she was brought in because of rumors, like genuinely, like I genuinely yeah. think that like they saw the buzz that it was creating. I mean, I saw a TikTok where this person was like, and Leah Michelle is racist. She's horrible. She bullies cast members. And the girl, I swear to God, goes, and with that said, did I already buy a ticket to see her? Yes, I did. And I'm like, <laughs> well, this sums it up, right? Like this is this is the reason that this is all happening is because nobody ever gets canceled or actually cares as long as like you have the talent or whatever, as long as people want to see you. Yeah. Yeah, the bias of it all when it yeah. comes to that. So my worst week honorable mention, um, I have Addison Ray and her father, oh, yeah. Lopez. <laughs> he had a five month affair with a 25 year old. Her name is Ash. Um, Addison has unfollowed her dad, same as her mom, Sherry, who I think is stunningly beautiful. And I can't believe I... that short, <laughs> her sorry mom. for the short kings, but like that ugly looking man was just cheating on her all over LA. Um, Also, there has been rumors that he loves to do the coke. Um, But yeah, so Sherry has updated her Instagram to being a single mom, no longer a wife. And yeah, everyone's been trashing the girl who the 25 year old, when really it should be the opposite way where they should be trashing the father because the reason why this 25 year old found out about him was because he was talking to other girls like facetiming other girls so not only is he two-timing his wife he was basically two-timing as well his um girlfriend or whatever I love I do love when a mistress gets mad at a man for cheating I think that's always a fun story like I I do love that um Addison Ray. okay so first of all her mom is like truly that mom like Mm -hmm. obsessed with Addison being famous like in her TikToks like 
I've always found her mom very, very funny. So her being in the news like this is like uh, Addison's mom, Sherry, about to have like her hot girl summer is really, really entertaining to me. <laughs> yeah, I feel awful for Addison. Like it sucks to have shitty family members. And I can't imagine what it's like to have to deal with the press of your shitty family members that like truly has nothing to do with you, but now is like the only conversation around you. It's very much like a small town, like, I can't believe he's doing this in LA because a lot of people for months have been seeing him just trolling around. Um, but yeah, I just feel bad for Addison Ray and her mom because her, like Sherry looks like a total bombshell. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely like some talk of Emmy stuff. Um, Emmys have been definitely big for this week, right? Like there's obviously a lot of Emmy talk. Um, I saw some stuff about, like, I think Selena Gomez had a weird week because she got a producer nom for Only Murders in the Building, but didn't get an acting nom, which to me is correct. Like, (laughs) that's correct to me. I watch Only Murders in the Building, and here's the thing. I like Selena Gomez as a person, Um, but, like, Selena, the thing that I'll say about her on that show is that she doesn't bring the show down, right? Like, and she does a fine job. And that's really it. So like, there was no way, in my opinion, she was getting an acting nom. And I think it's hard when these like snubs, when the media says these snubs happen and then the internet's like, nah, but she shit. Like, And then the conversation turns to like, why are we calling it a snub? She fucking sucks. Instead of like celebrating that the show she produced got like 15 Emmy noms or something insane. Like it got a ton of noms. And so I do think that's like a hard spot to be in for someone like Selena Gomez right because it's a real celebratory moment Mm -hmm. and it's on one hand it's like nice that like the LA Times is writing like this was such a snub for Selena Gomez and like one of my favorite critics was calling it a snub which I was really surprised about but then like to have everybody online be like nah but she sucks at acting that's tough I think which is weird because I feel I don't know, maybe it's because my sister grew up with her. My sister loved her in Wizards of Waverly Place. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching a couple episodes and I was like, yeah, she's really funny. Like her timing is really good. Like acting wise in a sitcom. Um, I feel like she is more proud of the Emmy nomination for producer than acting. I don't know if you're on board with me on this, but like I would rather get the producer nomination than the acting. I don't know how Um, you feel about that. No, I don't think that's true. I think it's um <laughs> like Lady Gaga winning Best Song Emmy or Oscar. Like, yeah, that's cool. But like, she wants a fucking acting Oscar. Yeah. I think act, they want, I just think there's a big difference between getting a uh, behind the scenes nom or award and getting a, an in front of the scenes award. Um, I'm sure she's thrilled with the producer nom, Emmy, right? Like, and her show is a fucking success. They just announced the third season. She gets a lot of good reviews. I just think that it's a hard position to be in when these award shows happen. I mean, it's very similar to Lady Gaga, right? Who like, I mean, not so much for like, but yeah, for House of Gucci, where it's like the conversation is like, was she snubbed or did she fucking suck? And instead of like being celebrated, everybody's kind of fighting if you are good or not. That's, I just don't think it feels great. Yeah, I feel like they really, really um, focus on the negative instead of like all the good things that actually came out about it. Yes, yes, exactly. And I mean, like I said, I think Selena is fine on this show. I think another actress could do a lot more with this role, but I think she's absolutely fine. I think it's part of the reason it's so popular, right? Because I think people are intrigued by the idea of Steve Martin and Martin Short with um, Selena Gomez, like yeah. full stop. I, I think that it's really important to the success of the show. But yeah, I just think, I think that it's been a weird, I wouldn't say she's having a bad week. I would say she's having like a weird week. Yeah. <laughs> so for another honorable mention of mine, um, the last one actually, is Caroline Calloway accused of not paying 40000 in rent, but apparently since she installed a chandelier in the lobby and cleaning up the garden, she thinks she is actually broken even of not paying rent because she made her apartment building look nicer. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is the worst week for her. I feel like she's definitely done worse, but it is making sense why she cleared up her whole entire is- Instagram pictures and profiles and whatnot. 
and makes a lot of sense why she's MIA, mm-hmm. <laughs> taking care of her grandma. But yeah, her grandma I, died. RIP. Oh, did she really? Yeah, at ninety nine years old, like that's a lovely life, you know. That is, yeah. Like, uh, or I'm, maybe ninety eight. I saw they're having the they're having the memorial service either on her 99th or 100th birthday, like something lovely, you know, like I read that. I was like, that's really lovely. Yeah, that is. I mean, (laughs) I, my relationship, my relationship, my parasocial relationship with Caroline Calloway, it's like, I either love her or hate her and it's never in between. So yeah, I had to just point that out. (laughs) I forgot that this, I thought that happened last week. Um, obviously I'm like a Caroline Calloway scholar, unfortunately, it's, you know, it's just my cross to bear in this life. Like I didn't choose it. It just happened to me. I don't <laughs> love it being here, but I will say those legal responses were so fun. Um, she, I've missed her. I've missed my girl. I've missed Caroline, you know, like I hate her in a way that I love to hate. And so she's been gone and I've been missing her a lot and reading those <laughs> legal papers that she clearly wrote herself. Yes. Um, and is her best writing and uh, kind of only writing to date uh, really just was thrilling. They're so funny. I mean, the fact that it starts out with her implying that she grew up without a home is really good. I love when she acts like she grew up without a home because her dad was a hoarder, but she moved out of his house when she was like seven and grew up in a million dollar lovely home in Fairfax, Virginia. Like I love when she talks about her childhood and for her to start out and be like, this was not just Caroline's first or like favorite home. It was her first. It's in like, well, italics. <laughs> like it, I mean, no girly, like you and your mom lived in a nice four bedroom home in the suburbs. Like I don't, <laughs> I love that narrative of hers that she does. And so like the first line being that I was like, <gasps> we're home. Like, yes, like, I'm so excited to read this. And it just stayed incredible the whole time. And I cannot wait to read the response to the counterclaim from the landlord. That and this makes me kind of excited for that book that's never going to come out. That book is that is the book. This is scammer. Like, do you know how much effort that probably took her to write those fucking paragraphs? Like, (laughs) Caroline's not a writer. She wants to be a writer is the, the thing. And that's a great take. Like it just is. It's like how sometimes I get in my head. I'm like, am I a writer? And then I'm like, no, I just like to talk. Like it's, it's the same thing with Caroline. I just have a modicum of self-awareness that she does not have. Um, so this is as much as she'll ever write. And I'm, you know, I'm, I was just thrilled to read it. I would love to get her lawyer on the phone to explain to me why they let Caroline do this. Yeah. Like, cause she has a lawyer, like the rest of it is a legal document written, like a legal document. She has a lawyer representing her. I'm just not sure why they went with this angle. Yeah. It's so weird. Um, for runner up for worst week this week for me is definitely Jen Shaw. Jen Shaw pleaded guilty. She has pleaded guilty um, since she did so. She can face up to 14 years in jail for scamming the elderly for their retirement investments. Mm-hmm. Um, after hearing this news and reading the transcript, transcript of her telling the judge that, yes, everything you're saying I did, mm-hmm. I need to go back to season two of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City because she went on like a a whole that whole entire season she was like you're either with me or you're not like (laughs) I'm the truth blah 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 so it's just very um I'm very looking forward to season three right now (laughs) yeah I I mean I am I would have been shocked if she took it to trial. I was sure she wouldn't. I mean, but I also had to eat crow because I was like, there's no way Josh Duggar's going to trial. I was like shocked that happened because like 98% of cases don't go to trial, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not surprised that she pled guilty, but I guess I am, I think I am just because like, I was like, God, I guess she's going to go to trial because it was supposed to start next week. Um, I heard somebody once say like, (laughs) 
it's like once Jen was arrested, like she was like released from a burden in life <laughs> and like just became so relaxed and footloose and fancy free. And like, it's so funny because I genuinely think that's true. I think it was like this thing sitting on her shoulders for so long that like it coming out was kind of a relief in some ways, which is why she's like so relaxed in season <laughs> two of Salt Lake City. But I mean, facing up to 14 years is a lot. I am on record. I think she'll do five to eight somewhere in there. Oh, um, yeah. But I was also like seven. <laughs> we're on the exact same page. Um, like I don't see it being less than five. I don't really see it being more than 10. So I think seven is a really good guess. Um, the other thing is like $6.5 million in restitution. Like that's the rest of her life. She's going to be paying restitution. That's so much fucking money. Yeah, that is a lot of money. I wonder if she'll be like a a whole Teresa Judice where she would want to come back and still do housewives. I mean, Teresa paid hers off, you know, like say what you will, but she said us weekly, you can feel me getting out of jail. Like (laughs) people, you've got the exclusive for this. Like, you know, she paid it off. I just, or I think that's there. She's forfeiting 6.5 million. And then there's also restitution. It's a ginormous number. And so, I mean, yeah, Jen will try and come back, but I mean, where Jen fucked up versus Teresa is that Teresa only had to do 11 months, right? Like Teresa did 11 months. She was in and out. They put housewives on hold and they gave her a fucking special (laughs) while she was in. She got a special while she was in prison. Teresa checks in. Like everything was put on pause for Teresa. (laughs) I mean, who else has a prison special? Like truly Teresa is, I fucking hate Teresa, but like, uh, you can't deny who she is and what she is, right? So yeah. unfortunately, Jen Shaw just like doesn't have that in five, 10, 14 years. It's a really long time to go to prison. But look, I saw somebody say they think they that Jen will do well in prison. And I was like, I think so too. Like, yeah. I, cause she's going to go to like a camp, right? Like she's mm-hmm. going to be in minimum security, like Martha Stewart went to, which I don't want to go to fed camp. I, one of my uncles was a embezzler who embezzled a way more money than Jen Shaw did. And he went to federal camp for truly less than five years. Cause he ratted on all these bankers. Um, but he embezzled $50 million and he went to camp and like all things considered, it's not that bad, but obviously like you're still in prison. Like nobody wants to go to prison, but I think she'll like, I think she's the type that's like going to get a girlfriend She's like going to get a little family because in women's prisons, they like make these little families mm-hmm. um, kind of like they show in Orange is the New Black, but like that's very real. And like, I can just see her like comfortably living in prison. Oh yeah. I can totally see her with her group. Like yeah, a group of girls taking care of her. Yes. <laughs> can you? Like, yeah, I, no, like, definitely. They're, they're doing her hair. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she gets a job somewhere that she like likes and I, everybody likes her. Like, I don't, obviously nobody wants to go to prison. It's sad. She has kids, right? Like it's sad, but I, I think Jen Shaw will be okay. Yeah, she will. Who was your runner-up for worst week? Beanie is my runner-up, not my honorable mention. Selena is my honorable mention. Beanie is my runner-up. I honestly completely forgot about Jen Shaw, but yes, I agree that Jen is tied. Um, So yeah, I think that's where I rank. I don't think I have one more for worst week. Okay, so my winner for worst week. We have the same one. We have to. Khloe Kardashian. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Who else could it be? I mean, I feel so bad for her. And do you? <laughs> I I do, do because I just found out the news because I really thought that she did this whole thing after she found out about okay. having a okay. baby boy. And then I found out that no, like they were actually they had this plan mm-hmm. in November and then literally a month later, that's when all news broke out about her daughter having a half brother. Um, I have so many thoughts on this. Um, One, look, for whatever reason, the Kardashians are obsessed with their kids all having the same baby father, right? Like they are obsessed with this. I kind of think it goes back to Caitlyn because Caitlyn was such a fucking deadbeat to her children 
and they saw Caitlyn like truly ignore her first four children before Kendall and Kylie like if you don't know this like he she Caitlyn was like a terrible parent like terrible and, I like, mean barely... he's in the Malibu um reality tv show with his Jenner kids like he wasn't always such a great dad to begin with I, yeah uh, by the way you should she is yeah not a great dad I know it can be hard like thinking back in both ways but I think from what I understand it's like just you like default to Caitlin and she even in a time that we knew her as Bruce but yeah I've heard Spencer Pratt talk about like because you know he was best friends with Brody he produced that Princess of Malibu show Mm -hmm. and he's like Caitlin was like the worst parent ever like we know that he wasn't in, she wasn't involved with her other kids. So I kind of think that may like color the Kardashian of it all. Yeah. But so on one hand, I'm kind of like the devil, you know, right? Like mm-hmm. you're already co-parenting well together. You want to have another kid. Is it the most insane thing in the world to do it with that person? No. But at the same time, like, I know that's not where Chloe's really coming from, right? Like, she thought her and Tristan were back together and were a happy family. Yeah, and that they were working things out. I mean, Which is fucking nuts, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, it makes sense now, um, because I was looking back at the clip of Kim Kardashian working out, asking, is Tristan the worst person in the whole world? Um, She did mention saying that, Chloe has been trying hard to um, have a baby boy mm-hmm. when that news broke out. So it, like, it's just the puzzle pieces are all coming together and yeah, it's just not looking good for her. And I don't know how she's going to bounce back from this. I, I don't know. Okay. I have so many thoughts. First of all, it's like absolutely crazy that she took him back this last time that they were together right and like, didn't apologize to Jordan let's point that one out too didn't <laughs> apologize to Jordan ever um and like that he's cheated a hundred times since then right mm-hmm. uh, there's he's, like proof everywhere he's a sociopath like truly watching him on that show and hearing them talk about how they're in therapy multiple times a week knowing that he had somebody else pregnant and he knew is beyond it's like it's incomprehensible for me um I like, I feel bad. And like, yeah, of course, what was she going to do? Like have the surrogate abort a baby because he cheated again? Like, that's obviously not what you're going to do. I mean, I don't know, maybe you would do that, but I think (laughs) that you wouldn't do that. Uh, And like I said, I, I think there is an element of devil, you know, co-parenting situation, but I kind of bet they're together now. I bet they're together. I don't, I, I mean, yeah, I can see, I just see him still lingering around trying because I just feel like he's always going to try. Why wouldn't they be together? Why wouldn't she be with him? Yeah. Like, you know what I, like, <laughs> you know, what I, like, why wouldn't she? What did he do that was so bad this time that was any worse than all the other times? Yeah. He In- was fucking other girls when she was nine months pregnant. Like, it, it to me, it's kind of like Chloe is, I, I don't know. I would be shocked if she's not with him, especially like when the new baby comes or has already come. Like, oh yeah, the, you're so right. That first that year baby comes. <laughs> we're just, he's just staying here for the baby. It's mm-hmm. going to be like that. It's all, it's, will she be public about it? I don't know. But Chloe has a lack of shame that's mesmerizing. Yeah. I've always, um, like in my theory, because this is just like clownery. I, I just don't know why she's letting this man drag her like this, where I'm just like, do they have like a open relationship that they just don't want to publicly like talk about it? Because then we're down for that, you know, just like the whole surrogacy, we've kind of normalized that as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. In our, yeah. in our uh, culture today. And I, and I do see open marriages all the time. Like it's not a taboo thing, but I don't know if she's ashamed of it. Here's my thing. I've actually said, I'm 100% sure they're not in an open relationship because Tristan's a cheater, right? He's not like polyamorous. I think there's a difference between somebody who is polyamorous and just not made for monogamy and a cheater. Because I think 
uh, like a cheater is doing it in an abusive way. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a difference, like they're looking for something. They're not just looking to have sex with multiple people, Mm -hmm. but I think that Chloe should tell people they're in an open relationship. (laughs) I I think she should just pretend that that's what's going on. And she would look a lot less stupid. Like, I don't think Chloe wants to be in an open relationship. And I genuinely don't think Tristan does either. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that they want to do their thing where he does whatever he wants, as long as he doesn't embarrass her, but he hasn't figured out that part of it yet. Um, so I think she should just be like, yeah, we're back together, but we're open. <laughs> and nobody would like bother no. her. <laughs> nobody would bother her, question her. Everyone would be like, all right, girl, like you do you, but exactly. it wouldn't be, you wouldn't have to deal with the cheating stuff at least publicly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Worst week. Sorry, Chloe. It's oh, girl. <laughs> So moving on to best week, on to honorable mentions. Um, Like I said, best week this week was kind of dim. So I focused on TV shows, Uh, new TV shows this week. Everything's trash. Um, Oh, did you watch that? Is it good? It, so I haven't watched it yet, but the reason why I'm telling everyone to watch it and I'm going to watch it tonight, Nicole Thurman and Ray Sani, who were in Black Sketch, um, women comedy show in HBO. I'm saying it all wrong. A black lady sketch show. Yes. I always, I have dyslexia guys. Sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, they're, they wrote for the show and it's about mm-hmm. a podcaster who's forced to mature into adulthood. This is based loosely on Phoebe, uh, Phoebe's Robinson's real life, who is a star of the show. Um, I read her New York times about the TV show and herself and I am hooked I want to watch it the trailer looks great I mean we're both podcasters ourselves so I feel like that's a step of wanting to see the show but the minute I saw Nicole Thurman and Ray Sani was part of the writer's room for this I was just like I'm in agreed um I really like Ray Sani I've been following her on Twitter like forever um she's so funny when she's on Cara Berry's podcast she's like my favorite guest on everyone's business but mine um, and I really like Phoebe. I used to listen to two, two dope queens like way back in the day when that mm-hmm. was still a podcast. So I agree. I'm going to check it out. I think if freeform shows are so hit or miss that like we'll see what happens, but I'm definitely going to like at least give it a shot. Definitely give it a shot. Yeah. And yeah, I'm excited because Ray Sonny is going to join us on the show um, Amazing. in a couple weeks. I'm ex- super excited. Um, I miss her podcast, Dizziest Bish in the Table. <laughs> Have you ever checked it out when she like tried out doing a podcast? She um, went straight to Patreon and I went straight to Patreon too because she, the way she um, talks, I'm from the East Coast. I'm from Jersey, New York City, around that area. It's like home. So mm-hmm. sometimes when she's like describing something, I'm like, yeah, she is a loser. Like, you yeah, know, just yeah, like, yeah, I love it when she calls people her. loser. I love that. I love <laughs> it when she calls people loser. Um, <laughs> I listened to her, one of her podcasts. Um, the problem with someone like Ray is that you like, like somebody via podcast and then they get a successful career. And so they stop podcasting and you're like, well, I want my faves to like do well, but also like not do well. <laughs> like, Well, yeah. I mean, Janelle James had this amazing podcast during the pandemic because, you know, we weren't doing anything. It's called girl you're in danger. I still to this day recommend people to listen to it. Cause if you love Janelle James on Abbott elementary, you're going to love her podcast she basically just goes over thriller, um, thriller, mysterious kind of um, mm-hmm. movies like Crush Suspense. and Obsession. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's hard when your faves get actual work and you're like, well, I'm happy for them, but also, but also yeah. sad. <laughs> I do want to say, I was glad to see Station Eleven, which was my favorite TV show of the last, honestly, at least five years. Like, it's truly a top five TV show for me ever. It's a limited series on HBO Max. Everybody should watch it. It's fucking beautiful. It's about a pandemic, but it's fine. Just watch it. It's, oh, it's so, 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 so good. It unfortunately didn't get a ton of Emmy love because um, the way the limited series is set up, 
they need to split it. There are too many limited series in this day and age. Like that category was created for mini series, you know, like Mm -hmm. in TV movies and now a limited series, like eight of them come out every year, eight to 10 huge ones come out of every year. Um, so I was really glad to see it get love. I wish it got more, but I kind of thought it wouldn't get anything because that's usually how my favorite, my favorite HBO shows like never get Emmy love. So I'm just thrilled to see, um, that it got a little bit of love and also, uh, Better Call Sal. What's her face? Who plays Kim finally got a nomination. Are you serious on the final? It's the final season, right? Season five. Yeah, but they split it into two seasons. So I think they're eligible this year and next year. Um, But I'm just thrilled for her that she finally got a nomination. It's really nice when you like love a TV show and like randomly in the fifth season, they'll like finally give somebody a nomination because the Emmys is infuriating in that they just nominate the same people every single year. Actually, the Emmys in general needs to be changed. It's not sustainable in this age of 800,000 TV shows coming out every month. Yeah. So yeah, the Emmys are a huge bummer for me because they finally nominated Issa Rae this year for Insecure mm-hmm. for leading comedy actress. And yeah, I was glad to see her get some love, but she won't win, unfortunately. I mm-hmm. I think and she, she should have won like season three, <laughs> in my opinion. Won season three, season three was so good. Yeah, it was so great. Oh, season three was so good. Um, I would love to see her win an Emmy. Issa is just, and it's relevant to who my uh, best week ever person is. Uh, I love watching people who came up on the internet at the same time I did, like having true career success. Are you going to talk about Aida Osman because she's in my honorable mentions? <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, okay. Um, but it's, you know, kind of the same wavelength. But mm-hmm. I, I'm just like, I love Issa and I love seeing her like have true success. There was just something like so lovely. And, you know, it tri- she tried for a while to get a show off the ground and it like just was not working. And so Insecure taking off the way it did was just really, I am just very proud of her. And I love how she takes care of her cast and crew mm-hmm. and like literally, um, yeah, she makes sure that she has people fed, you know, sleeping in like, a ha- like you know, yeah. that they're taken care of. Um, yeah. Uh, honorable mention Issa Rae's part of it rap shit on HBO Max is coming out July 21st Aida Osman um, who I've been following for Twitter forever and also she was in the podcast keep it uh, she was in the writer's room for this show she wasn't meant to be the actress they were actually trying to find an actress um, to take this character but since Aida played this character in the writer's room so well they were just like you have to play this part and that's how she got the part of oh wait I don't think I knew that she's starring in that yeah she's uh it centers on two Miami rappers she's Uh one of the rappers and she they're both trying to find success and it's just another friendship love story that we need more of that Issa Rae does perfect on I didn't know that I didn't know that she was Oh, that's really awesome. I feel that way. Um, there's Aya, what is her last name? She's on the bear now. I've been following her on Twitter. Yeah, Ayo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ayo uh Ida Bree. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ida Bree. I don't know how to say her last name. I apologize, but she is so fucking funny. She's so good on the blank check podcast, Last Culturista. She had her own podcast. She's so funny. And she, even though I didn't love the bear, like most people, I didn't really watch all of it, but seeing her like have a breakout acting role, it's Oh, watching that. It's so amazing when our favorites from the internet, right, get writing stuff. And I'm always so thrilled for them, but them to get like, like I said, for the acting noms, right? Like to get front of camera recognition is so incredible. No, truly. Cause I saw, um, AO standup last summer in New York city when I went to see, um, like Marie Faustin in Sydney, Washington. They had her mm-hmm. in the Comedy at the Knit, which is rest in peace. They are closing down Comedy at the Knit in Brooklyn. So if you guys are in New York, please try to catch their last two shows of the summer. Um, that is where I saw Mary Beth Barone, I Mary Faustin, uh, Melissa Rich. Last, I feel like I was so lucky to see all these comedians last summer because now. Ao's on TV. Janelle James it was another one. She's on Abbott Elementary. is It's definitely so inspiring to see 
yeah. people that you've been following, like having parasocial like relationships with them. And then you just see them become a huge star. And like, yeah, it's such a great feeling. Yeah, for sure. Um, for your runner up of best week, what is it? It's Sydney Sweeney, actually, who got two Emmy nominations. <laughs> like, fucking go, girl. And for I, two different shows. For two different shows. Okay. Do I think she's like the best actress to ever exist? No, of course not. But I, I really love watching Euphoria, even though I don't necessarily love Euphoria as a show. It's because the writing is a garbage, right? Yeah. But the acting is so good and like the set design and the costuming, like the act, mm -hmm. if the acting wasn't as good as it was on this show, the show would be unwatchable. And Zendaya, of course, but Sydney fucking, like this season would not have worked if she was not as good as she was. So I was so thrilled to see her get it. And then I also thought she was really fucking funny on White Lotus. Like I loved their family storyline. Like I had, I, I know everybody talked about Jennifer Coolidge, obviously, but Honestly, the times I laughed out loud was when like Steve Zahn, Connie Britton and Sydney Sweeney were interacting with each other. I thought yeah. they were so funny in a way that like that show would not have worked. Like if Steve Zahn was not funny, he would, no, it wouldn't have worked. If Connie Britton wasn't as good as she was. It wouldn't have worked. If Sydney hadn't been good. Like, I just think that they were also good in a, like a crucial way. And so like to see her get two Emmy noms is fucking impressive like truly she's had the best year her team is hustling so hard and like there's something like thrilling to see a young actress that's really working hard to like get two emmy noms and one at one show is just it's fun it's amazing yeah i'm super excited for her and i'm hoping that she's gonna wear something really nice to the emmys because i know her fashion style really is perplexing me in the red carpet i I'm praying she has a good dress. I mean, it's going to be a good booby dress. We know, right? Like that's right. The, the, you know, you flaunt it. You got, you got it. You flaunt it, whatever. She has the best tits in Hollywood. That's like, that's her thing now um, for better or for worse. So I think it will be good there, but I'm hoping it's like really sleek and pretty. I'm, I'm, I just hope she gets it right because this is such a huge night for her. And there's just, I don't know, like I said, to see a young actor, like, hit like that is just it's very thrilling and watching her like I don't know if you saw the video of her like talking to her mom after and she's crying and just yeah. like overwhelmed and doesn't know what to do with herself like I love that because acting's so unfair right like entertainment's so unfair and there are a million things wrong with the Emmys and I wanted I could change so many nominations but like her too I'm like yeah I like those that's fun no it's definitely um she deserves those noms for sure this year she was yeah she's been killing it since yeah, Euphoria this season and White Lotus. I really loved the show White Lotus. Um, and yeah, she was the comic relief in the show. <laughs> yeah, like she was really like, I, I just, they were all very good in White Lotus. So I'm just very happy for, I'm very happy for her. That's like, it's just a monumental moment, right? Like no matter what happens for the rest of her career, like she'll always be able to say that she was nominated for two Emmys in one year. Yeah. And that was your runner-up, right? Yes. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to tag along with you because my runner-up was going to be the Galaxy memes that I've been seeing on Twitter. <laughs> sure, the Galaxy. I am not a science or space person, so I have been ignoring all of that. But I, I do seem to understand that there is a space picture happening. <laughs> I just, well, the Galaxy, I was like, sure, okay, NASA, whatever. But the memes of them all like this is what you see in a kaleidoscope this is pretty much what you see at a marble uh kitchen table it's just it's been pretty funny because out of all the galaxies we ended up on this one you know <laughs> yeah yeah uh for my winner of this week best week ever i have to give it to the cast and the women of abbott elementary <laughs> we're, on, james, we're in sync today yeah janelle james quinton brunson cheryl lee ralph all nominated for the emmys uh i think it's for the same category like white lotus as well uh kind of so quinta's a lead mm -hmm. uh janelle and sherry cheryl i need to look at everybody's cast sherry. are both uh cheryl are both supporting and also, what's his face from Everybody Hates Chris also got. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. great. 
Yeah. yeah, Quentin has made history by being the first Black woman to earn three nominations, nominated for Outstanding Comedy Series, like... <laughs> Writing, and Lead Actress in Comedy Series. I mean, Emmys, do you see what? <laughs> like, I have been following her for so long at this yeah, point, I read right? her book. Like, yeah, she has so a book, guys. So long. She has been working so hard. And to have your first show hit like this, like, to work so fucking hard, and it's like how I feel about Issa, right? Like to have your show finally get up and it just is a smash critical and like popularity wise. Mm-hmm. I just am so over the moon for her. It's such a good show. Um, something I really wanted to particularly point out is that the four uh, main black actors are the ones who got the noms. And that's so rare that that happens because there are two out of the like six of them two are white and four are black and usually it'll be the two white people who get the nominations right like Mm -hmm. they and so I just love that it's not that those other the two white actors don't deserve it I'm not saying that but like I'm so glad to see that this is like a black made show and the black actors who are doing so well are getting rewarded by the Emmys because it's so rare that awards show get it right in instances like that no, you're you're right. Just because now going back to whole Issa Rae of it all, she got the nomination for lead actress in a comedy series. What about supporting actress for Yvonne? Because that relationship was the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it wasn't for Molly, there wouldn't be an Issa in Insecure at all. Yeah. So, yeah. The Emmys, seriously, Emmys have the worst week. The Emmys are infuriated there I I can't get into it they're in the the best drama actress category is so fucking bad I I truly can't get into it but um yeah I just Abbott Elementary is so good it's so deserved I feel like bursting with pride over this and just to see them come with four acting nominations is lovely it's just lovely I know and I'm I'm so excited for season two it's coming out this fall and yeah I'm super excited because I've been seeing the behind the scenes and it just makes me happy to see them all together working on the show I also think there's like there's value in you know a network comedy being good (laughs) like like Mm -hmm. it's a throwback it's fun that ABC has a good show yeah bring sitcoms back yeah bring back the five camera stage like I know we love reality tv but I remember that surge of like when the OC came out, what year was that? It was like early 2000s and they really did break the mold of TV because we were so into reality TV. And I don't know, the OC like turned us back into a drama series. I remember Mm -hmm. like wanting to see more drama shows after Mm -hmm. that. I'm going to ask you what I ask all my guests each week um, what is your favorite song from the early 2000s to 2010? And you told me Fidelity by Regina Spector, which came out in 2006. That was such a great album. Please tell me, where were you when this song first came out? So, I mean, okay. First of all, this is, I don't like categorize things as favorite really like that's just like not how my brain works so this is not an easy (laughs) for me (laughs) to answer and like there are a million songs right I'm 34 I graduated from high school in 2006 so this is my time to shine 2000 to 2010 that's when Mm -hmm. I was listening to the most music um so there are like a million answers I could think of but I was like what am I still like truly listening to all of the time still now and it's Regina Spector still I'm going to see her this fall and like begin to hope is an incredible album from front to back it's just so good it has so many good memories from it um and funny enough I'm pretty sure the first time I heard it it was my best friend's ringtone because that's how I used to remember like sometimes you would hear yeah. a new song via somebody's ringtone which is a very funny thing to think about um and it was like a perfect ringtone and I just I just love that song um yeah, the, on the radio, I think I had as my ringtone. <laughs> on the radio, that, that time is probably actually my favorite song off the album. But like for the that. for the purpose of this podcast, I went for like the more popular one, if you will. Yeah, I just think it's so, it's so timeless. It holds up so well. It represents like this perfect time in indie music for me, right? Like I just I love Regina and I love that song. And like I said, 
I could make a list of 500 songs from the year 2000 to 2010 that I love, but I'm definitely thrilled like to share this, especially if people don't know Regina Spector because like, it's easy not to know her still, right? Like she never hit mainstream that well. Like she's known, it's not that she's unknown. And I think most people, when they hear Regan to Hope, they'll be like, or uh, Fidelity, they'll be like, oh yeah, I know that song. And a lot of her songs you would know, but she's still, she never is, you know, she's not a top 10 artist. And I think though, the amazing thing about Regina is that like a 16 year old could find her today and listen to her music from front to back and like, love it and identify with it. Yes. In a way that like, not everybody can. And I, I, part of that, I think is like the, the lastingness of like, indie music from the 90s to the 2000s right like they're a, kind of more timeless than some of the pop stuff yeah uh, and I don't say that like is an, I think there's I think like in moment music is really important and great but I just think that there's something about like being I mean I was probably I was 18 when this CD came out like being 18 and putting this song this CD on and this song coming first because it's the first on the album and like being on a high ride because I used to smoke pot in my car while I was driving because I was a bad person. Um, but being with my best friends and like blasting that song and just being like on cloud nine, like that song holds like a lot of happy memories for me. Yeah. So that album has like a special place in my heart because it was the first year that um, I like I graduated high school, went to school in New York City and like was living in New York City. And that album was in my ears the whole entire time. Summer in the City was playing uh, like 24 uh, seven on the loop while I was walking around uh, the city. <laughs> like, uh, uh, it's, it's so beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I love her so much. If you don't listen to Regina Spector, like I just suggest like diving into her. She's so she's so great. Like, I, I just really, I think that she's so unique in some ways and yeah, yeah, her music just holds up. And like I said, I was like looking through my Spotify, which by the way, I, why Spotify, like, it's so annoying. I hate Spotify, but like, I'm like, what songs are, why should I only be able to see this content? Like for one week at the end of December, like I want to, I want to see my history of what I listen to most, but I was like, oh fidelity like that that is such a good I feel like that really exemplifies like most of my favorite music from like 2005 or 6 like 2010 oh yeah she was lyrically weird which yeah oh she is (laughs) like like her like carbon monoxide and like poor little rich boy like her songs are fucking weird in such a fun way yeah and that time um, cause that's one of my favorite songs too. That is one of my favorite lyrics to read. I remember mm-hmm. going through her booklet in the CD case, just <laughs> reading the lyrics. Cause it, lyrically she's weird. And even her music videos before she, um, uh, begin hope came, I think it was Soviet kitsch. Um, her yes. music videos and it, it's Soviet were just kitsch. so, cause she was so in love with like, um, not dead animals, but I guess dead birds. <laughs> That she would like (laughs) sing music to it. But thinking back of it now, I was like, wow, she's so cool. (laughs) I totally agree with you. Um, Thank you so much, Liz, for joining me this week. I had so much fun. Can you please let my listeners know where they can find you? Yeah. So if you like the show Teen Mom, you can listen to my Teen Mom podcast, which is called Feathers in My Hair. And I'm also on Patreon. My show is called Liz Explains It All. You can find me on patreon.com slash Liz Explains. And I talk about everything. Later tonight, I'm recording an episode about Teal Swan, who I am deeply obsessed with at the moment. I talk about like all things pop culture and internet culture and yeah, YouTube, TikTok, but also like TV and all that fun stuff. I'm so excited for that episode because I obviously follow you on Twitter and you were writing about the whole teal swan and I was like who's this person I haven't even and you put me in that rabbit hole I can't get out now and no we're all mystified by her I could never go into see her in person because she'd probably convince me to be a follower so well girl you can go to Costa Rica Just to break them off Just to break them off
of course it's gonna get better, gonna get better, 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 better. I never love nobody fully. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode, guys. I had so much fun, and this is getting easier to edit now. Um, next week, I have a special guest. Guys, my special guest next week is Kelly and Troy from Beyond the Blinds. I am so excited because not only are we going to talk some tea and gossip, but we are going to get down to the nitty gritty of the behind the scenes of it all in pop culture. So let's hope this week coming up is going to be a great one for us because that's what I like on Best Week Ever. We like to talk a lot of shit about pop culture and it's going to be so much fun guys i'm super excited and i hope you guys have the best week ever bye guys and it breaks my heart it breaks my heart when it breaks my heart when it breaks my heart It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart.